please stand for today's scripture reading? John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may glorify the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of God for the people of God. poem this morning comes from Kate Bowler's book, The Lives We Actually Have. This is entitled For Beginnings and Endings, and I'm excerpting from this. This life is made up of so many beginnings and so many endings. We start new jobs and leave old ones. We move to new cities and leave our childhood hobbies in our parents' basement. Sorry, Mom. We become new people slowly, hopefully kinder and funnier. Friends and relationships come and go, dreams blossom, and then they wither. And we find ourselves here once again at the precipice of change, afraid to let go and afraid of what will happen if we don't. Might this be a place of blessing too? Blessed are we standing in the hallway between closed doors and one still yet to come. And between the old and the new, between the worn in and the doesn't quite fit yet, between who we are and who we might become, God, make it remotely possible to grow and change, to become open to new adventures and untethered to routine or to this old, same old. Because the anxiety rising in my shoulders and filling my throat tells me I am unlikely and unwilling to step forward. Blessed are we turning our eyes ahead toward a new path not yet mapped. God, give us courage to take this next step 
and enough for the one after that, too. Remind us that you have gone before and behind and around and are still with us now. So this passage out of John gives me the creeps. And we read it all the time at funerals that God goes to, or Jesus goes to prepare all these rooms, which I guess means that we don't have to clean anymore, which is okay, that's fine. But we also hear that the only way to the Father is through the Son, which is a wonderful thing for us Christians to grab a hold of and say, ha, 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 we've got Jesus and we have the way and nobody else is allowed because we're the only ones going to heaven because we're the only ones that have Jesus. And I would say to you, I don't buy it, not for one second. Because that particular statement makes Jesus an idol. If we take Jesus out of the Trinity and put Jesus off to one side and leave God and the Holy Spirit over here, we've created an idol. And that makes me a little crazy. So I like to rewrite scripture, which I know is probably heresy, but I've been called a heretic before and I don't care. So the only way to God is through God. The only way that you can get to God is through an experience of God. And without that experience, you're just going through the motions and saying the words. I used to believe that it was one of those things, that we own the truth because we own Jesus. And I guess for me, being a Christian, I have found that Jesus is a most excellent way to know God. But I certainly don't believe for one instant that Jesus is the only way to know God. When I read this passage and realized that this was the passage that I was supposed to preach on this week because it's the lectionary passage, I thought, gee, what other passage could I use? So I did a spiritual practice that is maybe familiar to some of you called Lectio Divina where you read a scripture and you read a piece of it and then you read it again and then you read it again and then you read it again until something jumps out and speaks to you. And what jumped out and spoke to me was how can we know the way? How do we know where we're going? How can we figure that out? And of, excuse me, of course it was Thomas, who has to say, well, how, do, how are we supposed to know where we're going? And yet, I look at this particular congregation, at this particular time in your lives, and you want a roadmap too. You want to know exactly what comes next. How do you get from here to there, and what's it going to cost, and what steps need to be taken? And beyond all that, you want to know who's going to do it. Who's going to take on this new job? And I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I don't know. I really don't know. Because none of us have been in this particular place before. My granddaughter called me this week and I was talking to her and she said, 
I said something to her which made her say, Grandma, act your age. Yeah. I find it hard to believe, but that's what she said. After I had paid for her to go to camp. But I said, Emily, how am I supposed to know how to act my age? Because I've never been this age before. And there was a little bit of silence, and she said, good one, Grandma, good one. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. I don't know where you're going, because I've never been this, in this place either. But I'm so excited right now to know that there are some things bubbling under the surface, that there are some things that are sparking energy in people's hearts. There are things that are being talked about that are exciting. This past week, we mentioned to Family Promise that we were collecting money for camp. And there is a 12-year-old who stayed here last week, not this past week, but the week before, and she wants to go to camp. That's what it's about, my friends. It's not about taking care of everybody that we know, and if we don't know the people, then we're not going to support them. It's about taking care of the people who need to be taken care of. I am so excited that Izzy wants to go to camp, and I am so excited that we're going to be able to send her that I could just about fly around this room, which is not a sight you'd really want to see. But how do we know where we're going to, how we're going to get there? How will we know the way? How will we have that map? Most everybody in here grew up in a time when you were going on a trip, you had to unfold the map and then try to fold it back up to fit it in the glove compartment. My oldest sister, who's older than me, <laughs> said that she still carries maps because she doesn't trust what she can get on her phone. And I said, well, when I came to this new place almost a year ago, I relied on Google Maps to get me from here to there, because I had no idea where I was going on any given day. But I could not find a city map or an area map where the roads were the same. There's a map on the wall in the office that is hilarious, because it doesn't even have half of the streets on it. So not to trust the maps means you're stuck in the past, because there's a new and better way to do those things. We don't necessarily have to know exactly where we're going. We don't have to know how we're going to get there. We have to trust that if what we are setting out to do is of God, that the way will become clear to us on the path. Most of us don't have a real clear picture of what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. We don't really know with any degree of certainty 
what's going to happen. And there's always little things that bubble up that we don't even know, we can't anticipate them. So we have to trust and have faith and believe that with God all things are possible and with faith we'll be able to get there. And we have this table to remind us exactly what we need to get to that place. Jesus didn't do this on a whim and he certainly didn't institute communion because he was afraid people were going to be hungry during worship. Although, I have heard children say it's great to have snacks. But when we come to this table, we are experiencing the presence of God in our midst, the absolute physical presence of Jesus among us. Our table is open to everyone who wants a closer relationship with God. You don't have to belong to the church. You don't have to belong to any church. You just need to have a desire to be closer to God. Instructions. Our bread is on little toothpicks. And you dip it into the cup. And then there should be a cup here, which there isn't. So I'm going to suggest that we I'll move. Oh, you do have the cups. Bless you. So we do have cups that you can put your toothpicks in. But we remember all that Jesus taught us. And one of the things that he taught us was that we don't need to understand everything. The one thing I like about that passage out of John is that the disciples were like, well, what about this and what about that? And if you can just show us God, we'll believe. And if you can just tell us how we get there, we'll, we'll go. And he was like, okay, I guess you don't pay attention very well. And your faith will need to grow. But he still sat with those people. He sat with the people that were closest to him. And he offered them bread. And after he had broken the bread and blessed it, he said to them, this is my body broken for you. Every time you eat of it, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink of it, remember me. And so we do. And we ask God to pour out blessings on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup that they may become for us the lifeblood and the body of Christ in us that we may use these gifts to propel us into the world to be the change that we need to be. We ask God to bless and keep each of us as we go forward into the unknown. We pray in his holy name. Amen. We do have gluten-free that will be with us up here.